We're all having to adjust to life under lockdown and find a way to still work while at home. But how does working from home work when your job is to be a judge in a criminal court? Today we'll be finding out about that reality with a judge from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. My name is Omar Phoenix Khan and this is Justice Focus. Adriana Cruz is a federal judge practicing in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, who has also gained her PhD in criminal law from the University of Rio de Janeiro. As well as continuing to practice as a judge, Adriana also teaches at Pontifica Universidade Católica do Rio, or Pucirio, where she gained her master's, and is also a professor at the National Judicial School, where she lectures on judicial practices focused on gender and race perspectives. Adriana, welcome to Justice Focus. First of all, I hope you're well. I presume you're socially distancing at home. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for your invitation. Yes, I'm very healthy. I'm isolated. I'm doing everything the health authorities are saying us to do. Great. That's good to hear. Now, you are a federal judge and lots of people can work from home at the moment, but I presume being a judge from your own home is a little tricky so maybe could you tell us a little bit about what your job is during normal state of affairs and then also how you've had to adjust due to the pandemic? Well, here in Brazil, as in many countries, we have two levels of jurisdictions. We have this because we are a federation, so we have the federal judiciary and also the the federal courts and the state courts, the state-level courts. I'm working a federal court in the trial level, and here in Rio de Janeiro, as you said. And we have also, in federal banks, we have civil courts and criminal courts. I work in a criminal uh, court here in, in Rio. So, uh, in my daily life, I go, usually I, I go to the court, I have paperwork to do. Well, not paperwork, and that is something that helps us at this moment because we have our process, our, all our procedures are now on the computer. We have electronic procedures. And, um, and I have hearings, and that's our, this is the, the, the main point of my work because the hearings must be in, in person. We must be there to hear the defendant, the lawyers, the prosecutors. Of course, sometimes we do conference calls when in specific situations, but the normal day work, uh, we are all at the same room and doing the hearings and, you know. Exactly. So how does that translate to pandemic times. Are you doing virtual hearings now? Are you still able to speak with the, the prosecutors and the public defenders? Or are trials, have trials stopped completely? All the judiciary in Brazil are is still working. We are working, but we are all in home office. The civil courts, uh, in, in many cases, we don't have uh, hearings, so the, the work can go on with no prejudice. But in criminal courts, things get a little more difficult because we have hearings and now we are not being able to do the hearings. It's very dangerous for 
for the judges, for people, for the assistants, for the defendants, for the police. So of course. this part of the, the work are now uh, on suspension. So we are not doing the hearings, but we are doing all the paperwork on the computer, as if I can say it this way, put this way. And so what's happening to the people who've been arrested and are in pre-trial detention? Um, we are still analyzing the situation of these defendants, uh, but on the paper. So mm -hmm. the, 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 the defense can, can reach the judge, the, the prosecution can reach the judge. Uh, we, the, the courts are creating a lot of mechanism to put everybody in contact. So I, I will talk about Rio de Janeiro and the federal court in Rio de Janeiro because it's the, the place where I work, but everybody is doing pretty much the same with the specifications of the, the locality. Yeah. So here in, in, in Rio, what we are doing, we have uh, a list of phones so judge, so the defense and the prosecution can reach uh, the judge through with WhatsApp app. Of course, if there's something that we are not able to attend from home, then we will have to find a way to get together. But since last week, when this procedure started, when the, the, the situation got worse, it's working. It's working uh, very well. So. And so I'm just wondering, what happens at the moment if somebody is arrested for a serious offence, but there are no criminal court hearings happening at the moment? In our system, any arrest must be communicated to a judge in 24 hours. In, in a normal situation, this person should be presented to the judge for the custody hearing. Mm -hmm. We are not being able to do the custody hearing, but uh, what we are doing, are we are analyzing this communication on the paper. You know, yes. uh, not paper, of course, as I said, yes. on the computer. So I, in the last 15 days, I was in charge of the custody hearings here in Rio. So any communication should be presented to me mm -hmm. in normal situation. I would do the hearings. In this situation, I'm analyzing on the computer. So I have a notice and in my computer. So you have a like, uh, this is arrest communication. And then I will decide if if these people can be released or if they must stay in prison. And so is this similar to how the procedure was before 2015, before the custodial hearings were introduced? Yes, yes. We are observing the same system before the custodial hearing was decided for the Supreme Court. Yes, exactly. Okay, and so you'll have information from the police's report and then also something from a prosecutor and a public defender, all electronically, and then you'll make the decision about whether somebody yes, is kept yes, yes. on pre-trial detention or not. Yes, exactly. And have there been any changes to the guidelines for judges on how to decide who stays in pre-trial detention and who's released until trial? We have in Brazil the National Council of Justice, and the president of this council is the president of the Supreme Court. And they issued a recommendation with a lot of guidelines for, for judges Specifically for the criminal uh, judges, they recommend that we consider the COVID pandemic as external factor mm -hmm. to be considered when judges decide if people should stay at 
uh, in prison. Yes. And also they recommended us to review the prisons, people who are already in prison, uh, and try to separate and only decided to maintain in prison in the ultimately instances. So unfortunately, unfortunately, some people must stay in prison. Mm -hmm. We can't release them. And, but the idea is try to separate the group that must stay there and people we maybe can send home uh, and in this scenario. Yeah, and so I'm wondering, has there been any kind of backlash from the public to say we shouldn't have criminals on the streets? There's always divided opinion about who should be in prison and who shouldn't. Well, of course, about uh, people at the, the first decisions, there were a lot of fake news uh, going around. Oh, uh, they are releasing murders. They were releasing, uh, you know, yeah. dangerous yeah. people. But that's not right. For instance, here in, in Rio de Janeiro, the judge in the, the state court who was in charge to campaign the, the execution of the penalties, we have a specific court to do this. He issued a very, very good decision, in my opinion, a very decent and important decision, in my opinion. In fact, I, I can't made, uh, uh, I can evaluate uh, decisions of my colleagues, but in this situation, of course, I'm, I'm just mm -hmm. saying that a good decision in in the way that he attended the recommendation of the 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 National Council of Justice because in our system some prisoners when they are serving they can get out work and come back and what he said was well people who who has the the license to get out to work can stay out at home for 30 days right, okay. so we are we are talking about people who are already getting out. You know, they yes, were already, already had permission for temporary in the release. society to work. Yeah. Yes, yes. We are not putting it out people, danger people who were locked and then suddenly were out. Yes. You know, and but of course the no the the new some some news I saw was like oh they were they were open the prisons. That that is that's not right. You know, it's a very. Um, technical and a very uh, well-balanced decision. Yes. Yeah. And maybe could you tell us a little bit about what the conditions are like in prisons in Rio de Janeiro so that we can understand why you would not want to put people in those places? Well, it, not, real, not only in Rio de Janeiro, but all the, the Brazilian prisoner, prisoner system is in a very, very bad shape. Um, the Supreme Court declared that the, the, the prison system in Brazil are in an unconstitutional situation. They used a figure that were built by the Colombian uh, Supreme Court and declared that we have so many problems that the, the whole situation are unconstitutional. But also we, and then we have the other side. We have also people that unfortunately can't stay uh, among society. So, what we can do, we, the, uh, in my perspective, and that's the way I work. I try to send to prison only in the ultimately uh, situation. That's what we can yeah. do. I will give you an example. For instance, everybody are using delivery service. Yes. 
everybody at home and now the delivery service is a key service and if someone assault the delivery service with guns of course we can't just send this person home you have to do yes. something so we have some situations that are on the limit But there are other situations we can work with different kinds of panels. Mm. We can try to, to work with different kinds of, uh, of measures to, to respond of, of, uh, with, uh, uh, of our, with an offense, I guess. And is there anything else that you've done differently since the guidance was put in place? In my court, also, I, I suspended the obligation of... Uh, Uh, people who are under investigation or under the obligation to to be at court because in our system when someone is under investigation they must appear uh, before court uh, in, in certain periods yes. of time to say well I'm here I'm working I'm doing this I'm doing that and I release them to from this obligation till for 90, 19 days till June 17 observing the recommendation of the the National Council of Justice other judges in Brazil did the same um, also we have the only civil prison in Brazil we had is if people don't pay the obligations they had with their children or ex-wives mm -hmm. or ex-husband or with a mother things like that all these prisoners were released Some judges already did this, but I guess yesterday or the day before, uh, we had a, a decision from the Superior Court sending, with the class action, sending all this, this group of prisoners to, to house arrest. Thank you for that. I also wanted to ask you whether there'd been any gender-responsive guidance provided specifically for women and girls. Well, Most of them, if they are in pretrial, they are already should be in house arrest. Of course, if it's not a, a crime with violence against people, but if they are convicted already, or if they did severe offenses, they are related to severe offense, they can't be in in house arrest. Yeah, and so I so the focus is on people who have committed or have been accused of non-violent offenses but and also people over 60 women who are pregnant yes. who have very young children mm. um well so the general idea is try to identify people we can be put in in house arrest in this group of course we are taking a look of people who are under in the, the what they call the risk group And also uh, the measures we are able to take with people who will stay in the prisons, what, what, what is possible to do in the conditions. Yeah, exactly. So I was wondering, while it's, I can see that some of the initiatives are to reduce the number of people in prison, as you've mentioned, there are always going to be some people that need to remain in the prison. What kind of access will they have to healthcare? Do you think there will be any testing for those people that are there? We are not in the point that we are in the in the active testing. I don't mm -hmm. know if the, is the, yes. the way to, to to say. So they are testing people who are uh, presenting symptoms. So I I think maybe in some point we are. 
I hope we can go to this direction, but I'm not sure we are at this point yeah. now. No, of course. I, I know it's very it's a very difficult situation. I know that many people in prisons throughout Brazil depend on family coming to bring goods, food, medicine, yes. and things like that. And I know that some of that visiting has been restricted now, and that's, that's caused some riots and escapes in prisons. I know in Sao Paulo, four prisons, there were issues, and I I think around 1,400 prisoners escaped. Uh, what I think it's very important for everybody to understand, uh, of course, prisoners are human beings. This is the first yeah. point, the key point. Yeah. That, so, no, I, we, we shouldn't even have to say this. Uh, but we are not talking about only We are talking about the, the, the health of the prisoners. We are talking about the health of the, the staff. In Brazil, we have around 100,000 100, people working in the prison system. We are talking about the families of this, of this staff because they work there and they go home and they have contact with their children, with their Uh, exactly. mothers, wives, yeah. husbands, and grandparents, you know. So we are talking about also the families and the neighbors of mm. these people and everybody they they meet in, in their way home and their way work. So we have to, to see the big picture, you know, and sometimes people are not able to see the big picture. Yeah, of course, and in these, these very specific times, it brings those kind of issues into focus and how we decide to, to treat different groups of people. I know that there's also been some notice about Commander Vermelho giving specific orders at the, the Red Command, of the, the largest gang in Rio de Janeiro, in their zones of influence within the favelas to say there are certain restrictions on time and where people should stay in their houses and things like that. So there's been different kind of directions coming from different places. Uh, yes, well, uh, this I, I only knew about from newspapers, so I, mm. I can say a yeah. lot about it. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't insinuating you were connected to Commander Vermelho. <laughs> no, 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 yes, 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 of course. Yeah, we should be very, very, very clear about that. Um, yeah, just that people get their news from different places and that there are different sort of centers of control for different areas of people. And there's been lots of suggestion that different groups within society will have different consequences as a result of the pandemic. So, you know, very different to people living in nice places in, in Panema to those very close by in Hosinia, in the favela close by. Well, the, the idea is, of course, um, the problem can be equal for everybody. Everybody can yes, get yeah. the virus. But the effects are different depending on the situation some people are. So they, it has a disproportional impact depending on your place or your status in the society, mm -hmm. of course. Not everybody can die from the virus, everybody can be damaged for the virus, but the, the probability to get the virus or the, 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 the access to health care are different depending on the place you are, the, the, where, the place you were born, the, 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 the job you have, you know. So the impact of the problem 
are different. It is different, yeah. of course. So I also wanted to ask you about the other side of your career, because as well as being federal judge Adriana Cruz, you're also Dr. Adriana Cruz. So first of all, are there many judges in Brazil who have PhDs? Yes, um, we have uh, many judges who, are, who has PhD. In fact, uh, in in the sense, I, I don't know the the last data because we had a a census of the judiciary in two thousand eighteen. I'm sorry, I don't have the data in oh, my no, head no now. But <laughs> but the data of two thousand thirteen uh, was the first census. The federal uh, bench, for instance, was the bench with the major number of judges with PhD. So um, many, many judges are interested in also uh, get deeper in the study of the law. Mm-hmm. And uh, many, many judges in Brazil, state judges, federal judges, labor judges, are also professors at universities. So, and I guess it's a very good thing to do to to mix in the university for the students, professors who are uh, 100% academic and professors who also are in the practical life, you know, dealing with the daily life and showing them how uh, things we study in the books are uh, working in the real world. In reality, yeah. In reality, I guess it's very important for students to have these two visions. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people working in courts and universities that would be very jealous about having the two institutions working so closely together. But how do you personally find the balance between these two roles? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I, I try to, of course. We, are, uh, it's, it's a. Uh, it's a challenge, and I I face my work in the academic field into perspectives, things I can share with people, and what people uh, also teaches me. You know, because it's a challenge for me to be committed and coherent with the things I say and things I I I teach. And uh, it's also a, a, almost a, a moral <laughs> compromise, compromise to, 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 to be um, attached to what we say and what we do. Mm. You know, I don't know if I'm, I'm being clear. Yeah, no, very, very interesting. So, yes. Yeah. And for instance, when I, I teach them about uh, theories of this or theories of that, I try to show them that to choose a way to face a problem is not about uh, just uh, intellectual uh, exercise, but it's something that will affect people in the real world. When I decide to go from here or from that, when I choose this kind of vision or that kind of vision, this will be effect A or the effect B. So we must be aware of the effect of the positions we take with the law. Yes, and that that's what I, I try to say to them, and that's why I try to to apply to me. And in this exercise of teaching, I'm all I'm always uh, rethinking my positions. I'm always reflecting about my positions. I'm I'm so it's very very challenging. Great, and can I ask you about some of those positions? 
I know that some of the work you've been involved in recently has been related to confronting racism and patriarchy in Brazil's judiciary. So what are your thoughts around that? Uh, for instance, uh, when I I teach them about homicide, mm-hmm. and here in Brazil, all the data show us a very high rate of homicides in Brazil, and I will teach them about how the law deals with this kind of offense. Okay, I have to teach them the tech, the technique, but I it's my duty to also show them who dies in these homicides, mm-hmm. in what conditions these homicides are occurring. I, I have to give them tools to think by themselves and to think critically about what are going on, you know? Yes. So I think that's very important to for them to become future good professionals. Also, I guess, for instance, I'm trying... Uh, the, the practice of the teaching changes the way, for instance, that I deal with my hearings, for example. Uh, the way I deal with the defendants and the prosecution... I start to pay more attention in the way I communicate things for people, uh, the way I communicate the, the, my decisions for the defendant, the way I may I try to make me clear for the defendant, mm-hmm. people, you know. Right. And can I ask you a little bit about your topic area that you've done some work in recently? When you talk about race and patriarchy in the judiciary, are yes. you talking about discrimination of of the staff of the judges and relative to promotions and working conditions of the judges in the judiciary or or are you talking about in sentencing in both both the the brazilian society is a a society that was built in the slavery labor uh, over the slavery system Mm -hmm. The, the the signs of this are all over the 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 place if you have eyes to see and we have also uh, a system that uh, of course uh, put women in a very difficult position Mm -hmm. in all fields and in this isolation uh, period we can see this how in in many situations women are more uh, demanded than men it's a fact people it's not a, a a question of agree or not agree it's a fact as like the the sun rises in the morning. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> are you talking about in terms of working at home or as in differences in pay and double that, work, yep. different pay, yep. uh, possibilities of uh, advancing career? Mm-hmm. In any aspect, many aspects you can you, you choose to look. Yeah. And and it's important to say, and that's I guess one of the issues when we deal with races and patriarchy, is that people put this only in the personal level, you know? Oh, I am not racist, I am not sexist, sexist. That's not the, the question, that's not the problem. Of course, of course it's, it's a problem if you're a racist, if it's a problem if you're sexist. Yes. But, the, but this, the, the question is this, the structure that works this way. Even if people who are in the structures are trying not to be this way, you know, yes. you can be a wonderful person, you can love everybody, you can go to church or your your confession, your religion, yeah. and 
practice, you can be a wonderful person, but we are living in a society that were, is, is structured. The structural on issues. This basis. Yeah, yeah, the structural issues. I remember reading a paper that talked about how a very small percentage of Brazilians said that they perceived themselves as racist, but a very high percentage yes. said that they knew yes. that somebody who yes. was racist. And so there's, yes, a, yes. there's some difficulty in squaring yes, those yes. two things. Exactly, uh, and then when I when we try to address this problem, not me only me, but um, we have a, a federal a national association of federal judges. Yes, and in this association we have uh, uh, a group of judges. It's called Ajuf Women. That's um, a, uh, the, a committee to think about the issues of gender and and also we are trying to to put also race issues on the table to be discussed. We are trying to, to show how women are, are affected by this difference in the judiciary because sometimes people think, well, you are a judge, you are in a very high position, in a position of power, mm -hmm. so for you it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it, this is a kind of problem for a woman in a lower position, not for you. But that's not true. It affects everybody in any position. Yes. Including judges. Yeah. And, and, we, and then we think we have to think about also the way it affects the service we offer to the society. So we are now trying to think about... Um, about protocols, about uh, uh, judging and sentence with the gender perspective, trying to follow the example of the Mexican Supreme Court. They have a very, very good protocol. Um, England also have a very important protocol about how to sentence with uh, uh, taking in account the different vulnerabilities that people are suffering. Yeah, there are several places looking into gender-responsive approaches to sentencing. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. So we are trying to, we are starting to think about to build our own protocols. So we are just in the beginning of the work. So let's see where it takes us. Great. Thank you. Is there anything specifically that you might want to talk about in terms of the Afro-Brazilian population? Uh, well, we, I, I, we pay attention all the time for the data and they are red flags for us to understand what's going on. So in Brazil, we have more than 50% of the society are black people, mm -hmm. people who are out identify themselves are, as Afro-Brazilians. And uh, in the judiciary, only 18% of judges are out-identify yeah. out themselves are black. So it's clear under-representation. For Brazilians, yes. And, well, in we have um, like a differences of um, uh, the way we use this, 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 this categories. And we have like uh, what we call negros in Brazil mm -hmm. that were should be like Afro-Brazilians. Mm -hmm. And we also have blacks, you know. And blacks... In Brazil, are in in judiciary are only one point six percent, and uh, so it's it's very disproportional, you know, yes. in in terms of uh, in relate in relation with the general society. So this is the first point, I guess, 
we should think about. The same thing with women. We are more more than 50% percent mm -hmm. of the population, and we are only 38% percent of the group, the the judges in Brazil. Is your impression that's changing a lot? Well, we are having. I guess we have two, um, like two roads. You know, a road where people are very aware working very hard mm -hmm. to fight against inequalities in judiciary in all the fronts and a, a road of people who are still denying the problem, saying the problem doesn't exist, saying this problem is not a problem mm -hmm. and saying that, you know, take a time, they will get there or people are not here because they don't study enough because they are lazy or because uh, that's the way things are, that's the way life is, you know? So there's the argument about the idea that there's racial democracy in Brazil and everybody is equal, and so if they were good enough, then they yes, would yes, be represented. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, this, this, this discourse mm -hmm. is unbelievable, but some people still have this discourse, even if they didn't use the word, but the way they, they structure their arguments are in according of the idea of the racial democracy. Yeah, which if people aren't aware, that's that's a kind of phrase that was promoted during the military dictatorship in the early 20th century to specifically yes, yes. present the idea that Brazil yes. is this racial paradise and everybody's equal, when actually it was yes. kind of covering up the fact that yes. for several centuries before, there'd been a very specific hierarchy yes. in terms of race. It's from my nature. I am an optimist by nature. It's I can't be another way. It's not that I'm. I deny the the reality. I can see yeah. the reality, but I'm. But I'm always optimistic. And what I see, I hope I'm not wrong, that we have a um, a strong youth, very aware mm. of the problems, mm. and they will not allowed that we go back. And I put my energy, a lot of energy on them. And not with the, the naive idea that the youth will save the world. It's not that. But, but because I see a lot of power in the girls and, and boys that are very aware of inequalities and don't want a world that still uh, works in a way that people are, are are treated in in a way so so differently and, yes. and sometimes not almost not as humans you know what i mean it's really nice to hear your optimism in that i always love to speak to you and to be infected by your optimism <laughs> i think it's a good note for us to finish on and talking about the long-term impact and what does impact mean for you? You know, uh, uh, I have many fronts. Uh, I work in, in, in many fronts, uh, uh, if yeah, I can say yeah. it this way. But uh, uh, in in the gender and race uh, field, uh, I guess one of our big achievements was to put on the table the problem as a problem. It was under the carpet. And now I guess this is a problem that people cannot ignore. And it's, I guess this is, it is not, I guess it's not small. It's not a small thing 
because to understand that we are we have to be clear we have to understand we are sick and yeah. this pandemic are showing this in in gigantic level yeah. we, to, to take care of us we have to understand that we have a problem otherwise the problem can you know be became a disaster so at at, at this point at least we uh, we already we we are able to address the problem as a problem in the judiciary yeah of course we have a lot to do we have um, I don't think it's a work for my generation. I don't think it's a work for my eyes. But uh, what I see as for me as, as a judge is to continue to do my work and be at the place that life that I, I put myself with responsibility and using my voice with responsibility, you know, taking responsibility of the place that I choose to be and not to be ashamed to say the things that I think they are important to say, don't be a coward and not to be stand and don't stand for things that I think are important to to stand for. And things that I stand I think they are key to be stand for are gender equality, race equality, equal uh, treatment for people, at in their day before courts and the judicial system that attend people as people and see humans as as humans that's the things as the judge I stand for and the things uh, that I I I work for well I think that's beautiful sentiments and a, and a great place to finish thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me about all of this and to let everybody know about the situation in Brazil and the longer term issues that you're working on. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. Thank you very much. And if you allowed me, uh, I would like to send uh, uh, all my good uh, vibrations and all my love for everybody who was in pain, who was my condolence for people who lost beloved ones and my 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 wish that we always humankind we can pass this moment as soon as possible and the best way we can do so i think we we will made it i'm sure we will made it so thanks again for listening if you're enjoying the show hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode You can also follow Justice Focus on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please also share the podcast with anyone you think might be interested. It's been heard in 20 countries so far, which I'm really happy about. But let's see if we can get that even further. Speak to you next time. Cheers. Cheers.